I don't think it ever gets easier though. I think it's just. <laughs> no. I was about to say like, is writing easy? Like that's actually one you of the always, questions. No, you always <laughs> just want to throw up. You always just want to throw up, man. That's for me. Like I'm always just, if you don't feel like calling an ambulance, like then you're not writing, you know? <laughs> and that's how I feel all the time when I'm writing. Hey everybody and welcome back to Department Spotlight, hey. the show where we speak to our friends and colleagues about their experiences in the South African film industry, highlighting different departments. So today we are talking about writing, more specifically screenwriting. So we're joined by three amazing peers of ours, all amazing screenwriters in the South African industry in various forms and capacities and they've all got amazing insights uh, for you. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, I'm Nadia. I am a creative researcher for commercials and music videos. Hi, I'm Christian Krobla, and I'm a writer and director, sometimes producer and sometimes editor in the South African film industry. Hi, um, my name is Kaylin Rue. I'm a writer, director, and the co-founder of Eight Pictures. Amazing. Okay, well, welcome, guys, to this yeah, um, second pandemic edition of... <laughs> Um, department spotlight. <laughs> um, today we're using Zoom for the first time. Last time we used Skype, um, but everybody had to like send in their own footage. Um, this time we're trying to record through Skype, but we still have the backup footage from each person. So um, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into it. We, today we're talking about writing. <laughs> if you didn't, you didn't guess. You didn't. <laughs> Yeah, from everybody in this video. Yeah, if you somehow missed all the titles everywhere. Okay, Mark, you can start with the questions. Ooh, um, let's jump into pre-planning. Does what is your what are you guys' different approaches to outlining? Do you do beat sheets, character breakdowns? Basically, what do you do before you start putting words on a page? The easy stuff first. Mm. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, once I have the concept and I know that, like, when I pitch it and people really like it, and I must move into the writing phase, I just go into like hardcore research on each character and the locations and everything, on the themes I'm exploring. And then I find that all the research that I do then helps me make beats and little little like maps of things that can start moving into the story and be like, okay, this is something I want to put into the character. This is the psyche I want to have. Okay, this is how they're affected by this kind of trauma. And I just do lots and lots of research just to kind of see um, how that will then input, like be into, put into the story in a way that would be interesting and unique and yeah. Cool, do you do outlines? Do you do bed sheets? What's the... Well, if I could take my camera to you now and just show you how my walls look like, I just write a whole bunch of crazy ideas all over the place because I find my beats always changing, I find my characters always changing because my main motto is just trying to find the essence of what I'm trying to say and like I find myself the beats or sometimes the characters can kind of get into the way of the main theme I'm trying to get into. So then I just let kind of like let it flow and let the research kind of inform then what I want the characters to be and uh, how I then want the beats to form. So yeah, I kind of work like in a very messy kitchen kind of way, and then eventually try and put everything into the oven and it becomes out okay. So I don't like have a particular order with each project. It's always different, like depending. 
Um, it depends on like what I'm writing. If it's like a short, like a short, short, like with sub five minutes, sometimes I'll just kind of jump into it and see where the story takes me. But for the most part, I do sort of like a mix between like a scene outlining thing slash a beat sheet, basically just like vomiting out like all the major points, um, not just in like the main story, but like in the scenes themselves, like the scene starts with this happening and then she says no, and then ends with this happening. Um, until I can kind of get, you know, close enough to the ending because oftentimes, you know, it feels like if I don't know where I'm going, it's, it feels like much more of a grind when I'm writing. So having sort of a roadmap for myself definitely helps me. Um, mm. But yeah, I've, I've used so many like outlining methods, like I've used, you know, Save the Cat and the Story Circles and stuff, and they're all kind of the same at the end of the day. Um, mm. So for me, I think it's just getting the whole story out on as few pages as possible so that I can have like a sort of global view of it as quickly as possible. That's my main priority in sort of the early stage of writing. Yeah, I definitely agree that it depends on what I'm writing. Um, I guess I, it's a different process each time. Um, most of the time I would get out like a vomit draft because that's just the way I think it's like I cannot sit down and plan everything because I'll never end up writing the story. So I have to get it out and then plan it afterwards, sort of like going through the drafts and then refining it. And Yaku, how would you say we approach, we approach our writing? I guess, <laughs> I mean, we're supposed to be interviewing them, but um, I think, well, recently um, we actually started writing a feature um, script just you know um, like a specs <laughs> a spec script of a of a film um, and we we saw that um, outlining um, thing on no film school uh, what is it called the story map or something and it has like uh, I think 10 beats because we actually we expanding on a short film that we made um, already so it's like uh, we sort of know what happens in the shorts but now you know we need to what happens in the film. So we had some idea and then that really helped us to figure out where we're going to end up because um, we're not going to end in the same place necessarily as the short. Um, and then within that, something that we've always done is, the, uh, was it Film Hulk? Is it Mark? Oh uh, yeah, the uh, Film Crit Hulk. The, his character trees, is that what you don't know? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, we've used those so it's a like, It's a very like practical way to, we found to develop um, characters to get you it basically to get you asking the right questions that you should be asking about characters in a very way that's like I find that a lot of other resources online they ask for like very insignificant details about characters whereas this approach really tells you more about how a character would go about solving problems so that and you almost define the character by like what it's not and then because what because if it's what it's not, then it sort of creates you can start seeing how that character creates like conflict and like solves problems. And then when it gets to the other small details, for, say, for example, like what cereal that character eats, if that ever were to come up, then I, I feel like if you have a more practical sort of problem solving approach to creating a character, how that character solves problems, that when it gets to a scene where it would reveal like whatever cereal they have, you'd be like, oh, it's obviously this one. Or adversely, you know, you play it against type. Um, but I think, yeah, with, I think with all of our approaches to structure in terms of character and 
scenes and all of that is um, we I think we tend to focus on how can it be active? How can this character be solving problems? Because I feel like if you just refer to structure a lot, everything starts to be a bit too rigid. Mm. And yeah, I think we've just, and I think we adapt to, as you guys were saying, we adapt to the different sort of size and scale of things, but it's all the same. It's all the same thing. It's all coming from like, you know, either the hero's journey, like the monomyth, or we go down and we do five beats in a scene, just proposition, opposition, escalation, complication, and resolution or revelation. But that's just like a very micro version of three acts. And I think we find that if you go down, what is it called? That like fractal theory, I think we once learned in film school. Uh. <laughs> that the sort of the minutia, <laughs> the minutia of the scene represents like the whole, you know what I mean? So I think all of these structures are basically the same. You just got to find your own approach. Yeah. And I think for me, like as well, like, um, that all like the three act structure thing. I think that's always like the bare bones that you start with, which are one page outline and like with all your themes written down, your characters and everything. And then just that three little paragraphs, however you want to write it, just to explain to yourself on paper, like the bare, bare, small, like the smallest parts of the events onto that one page. Because like I find for myself right now, uh, these producers and stuff want because um, I'm also currently with like a feature kind of thing and like they just want one page to describe everything and then as a writer it's hard to be like oh but what's important and oh but you need to know this and you need to know that and I find that you always like try and minimize it to that one page and just to maybe like three paragraphs to see exactly what you're trying to say and what the audience will find entertaining like what's going to grab them I think that's always like the best way also like just help you start and stuff. Mm, true if like if you can't explain what your story is very briefly, then you're going to be a bit lost. To touch on what Nadia said, I think vomiting out the first draft is, for me, like almost just as important because it's much easier to flesh something out and add these layers and nuance once you actually have something. Mm. But I mm. feel like you can very easily get stuck in the cycle of research and prep and never actually yeah. getting to the page, you know? And I think it's so important to just mm. get to the scripting phase as soon as you can. Yeah, like we just finished the first draft of this feature and oh, then yay. now we're thanks. And then now we're finding that like it's actually enjoyable. <laughs> like the first yeah, draft like was the just second draft the most so painful <laughs> process. <laughs> but then I think the most important like piece of advice is just exactly what you're saying, just get it done so that you have something to yeah. work off of and then it's actually a thing. <laughs> Yes. Like in the writer's mind, the first draft is such a scary mountain that you have to climb. It really is. Then it's nothing. You've got your shortcuts now to the top, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think it ever gets easier, though. I think it's just. I was about to say, like, is writing easy? Like, that's actually one of the things. No, you always just want to throw up. You always just want to throw up, man. That's for me. Like, I'm always just feeling sick. Like, I remember Zulaid, like, told me, like, when we were back in Africa, he said, if you don't feel like calling an ambulance, like, then you're not riding, you know. <laughs> and that's how I feel all the time when I'm riding. So I feel like that's really good advice, honestly. Like, just, if you're not, like, if you feel too, like, confident about it, then maybe there might be something wrong. I don't know. That's just my experience. <laughs> but on the other hand, like, which is something I struggle with a lot is the, the inner critic hindering yeah. your ability to to 
complete anything. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like, oh no, I, I, you know, at first I'm like, this is a brilliant idea and this is a great direction I'm going in. And then like a week later, I'm like, shit. I hate it. I hate it. And you just it's go so back looking at your old, your old drafts and you're like, what was I thinking when I wrote that? <laughs> what music yeah, was yeah. I listening to or something? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask, have any, have any of you um, co-written before? Well, um, no. Not in the industry, no. no. Like, at after when I was doing short forms, yeah. like, that was, like, for me, the best experience just to have someone to bounce yeah. off with. And me and Christian kind of co-wrote something recently. Did we? <laughs> that was also really awesome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, uh, not a lot in the industry, though. Nothing produced. Like, I've, like, experimented with the idea, but it's, it is. It has its own sets of challenges. Like I just came off of a TV series um, where I was part of the writing staff, which is on CakeNet, <laughs> by the way. Shout out! It's like a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that is like I had a couple of sketches that I wrote independently, and then a lot of the sort of the bulk of the show was written in sort of a writer's room structure of we're in a room, we had a head writer that would kind of be the yay or nay. Everyone would throw out ideas and stuff. Um, but most of the times it kind of came out down to this one person um, giving the okays and stuff and I'm kind of in the same process now we're, we're developing a new show um, so it's hard because I'm like a f- I feel like when within the series it's a little bit different because it's like you kind of get this tick box approach of like these are the chunks that you're writing um, whereas it's not like co-writing in the sort of traditional sense where like what I imagine it to be you know it's like the Simon Pegg um, type of approach um, and Edgar Wright where they just like sit in a room and you just have the monitor up and everyone and one person's typing and the other person's talking and Saying you things. know it's <laughs> like it's back and forth um, I haven't had that necessarily except you know with Kaylin where we started working on a project that's that's very interesting for me um, because I've I've actually had the opposite like I've written I think one short that I made um, on my own and then there was the one that I made on the first term of first year of after which we don't talk about <laughs> and then um and then i think after like the third draft or so of my honors form um because i i didn't do writing as undergrad like i think most of you did all of you did probably and um i felt that i really needed somebody who knew um or who had gotten the formal training so that's where me and mark started working together and Is since that? then like mm-hmm. almost everything that um i've written i've written with mark so it's like, and, and it's basically, <laughs> and, but it is basically exactly what Christian was describing. It's like, usually Mark is typing and I'm just sort of sitting on the couch and <laughs> like talk about the thing. So what do we then... think about today? <laughs> <laughs> I'll dictate, you write. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sally walked in. <laughs> you really but are it's old cool. school. <laughs> it's like really involved. Um, but that's something I I think I'd really love to do is especially with um, someone who writes in a completely different way to me, or you know delves into different genres than me or to mm-hmm. me. I think that would be really interesting, like a really cool um, mm-hmm. experiment to sort of mix the styles and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I think what we found is that me and Yakub, we sort of complement each other in, in different ways. Like he is stronger at different things that I'm weaker at and vice versa. 
and then it really it comes together quite nicely because and it also like gets you out of your own out of your own head in a way which is also sometimes a good place to be but then other times you just want to like throw out an idea and then already you've got a second voice saying yay or nay or yeah. and then I think that's what's also really important with us is that we sort of develop this relationship where there's like no ego at all like one of us can say something and the other one will be like no that's that's crap <laughs> and then the other one's not like oh I'm going to defend my my bad idea You're it's like crap. we have to <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm not going to say that never happens <laughs> but and I'm, I think I'm usually like, the one who's like, no, you're you're bad or whatever. But like, but I mean, I use it as a joke. Like, yeah, we always, always know that we always know that like we have to get through the 50 bad ideas to get to the one that works. Yeah. And it's yeah. nice to have someone else there to be like, no, sorry, I don't think that works. But I think what you're hitting on there, and then we can we'd like develop it like that. So I think yeah, I think if I were to out and write alone in the future, I think I'd be missing that like. I think that critical voice would come back strong, whereas yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I just yeah, I like uh, co-writing's good. I like it. It's dope. <laughs> you guys, you guys yep. have something really special. Like I'm just gonna say, like value it because yeah. I've been trying. No, really, I've been trying to find a co-writer because I think maybe you know having someone there to. Be like well you're being overcritical of yourself or um your ideas are crap or whatever just would help me a lot and it is very tough when you're writing alone to to kind of you kind of have to be two people at once you know what i mean so i think you guys should really value what you have it's it's really rare to find someone sounds that like really sounds like we're in a relationship with. or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true it's true it's like, like, we're just all defending it like yes yeah, so you better just like appreciate what you have <laughs> like for me right now i'm going crazy because like i need that like i'm desperate for like a co-writer during this process because you don't know what's nonsense and what's like not like I find myself calling like a thousand different writers in a day to be like and Yaku knows this as well because I just call him today about you call me today <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like it'll be literally like the script of a thousand writers where I'm just like is this idea good does this sound like like I need that back and forth and someone can be like no that's that's actually a good idea someone can be like that's a really weird thing you just <laughs> like I really I mean, like love that kind of thing. That that sort of leads into one of the questions that I had is or Mark had I think but like when are you happy with a draft? Um uh, when when do you when do you like when you're done and you're like okay now I can send it to people to read and get feedback or well, now never, it's ready to fine. be shot. <laughs> never. I take it from your hands when they pull it from your <laughs> <laughs> Never let go. <laughs> Never let go. There's always another draft. <laughs> always like five minutes after you've sent the draft, you're like, "Oh, like because I like <laughs> I watched this one thing with these uh, producers were actually talking about it, and they were saying like for them it never ever changes. Like right until like even in ADR when you're changing that one line or something, mm. like. It's always, always changing. Like the, the final film is the one the audience watched. There is no final draft. Like even when you're shooting and when you're editing, when you're in sound, the film is always changing. So there's never a final draft until the audience watches that one that hits the screen. And then there's a sequel. 
<laughs> do you guys set deadlines for yourselves or um do you usually... <laughs> i always set a deadline and i never meet those deadlines <laughs> like, i set like a whole like if especially if i'm writing a feature I'll, I'll like plan way in advance and then i just never end up meeting yeah. my deadline yeah. <laughs> but life life happens like it's just yeah, it's yeah. what it is plus I work like I feel like writers are the kings of procrastinators because we're like no I'm working in my head that's where the script's happening right now it's in my head <laughs> yeah Christian I want to ask because um, you, you've done like writing professionally and you've been paid to write um, so I want to ask what's that like when you do you still do other jobs in between or do you like okay these two months I'm just writing and then how does that work for you um, no, I still do jobs in between, um, just because it okay. takes so long sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it depends, you know, some, in some cases it's very quick turnaround where you have like a week, maybe two to pump out 50 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, other times you have a lot longer to sort of workshop these ideas. And when, when that's the case, it's, it feels a little bit easier, but it's when you have this very tight deadline that feels almost insurmountable, it feels like that's sort of your most productive time. It's similar to like writing an essay for varsity, you know, it's the night before is when you write the be- your best work. Um, <laughs> having sort of these very, very tight deadlines um, really does push you to get it done. I'm part of a little writer's group that um, all, we all have our deadlines sort of on a public, not a public, but like a communal um, spreadsheet that mm. can't be changed. Um, okay. So there's some public shame involved if you miss a deadline. <laughs> Um, cool. Which is fun. <laughs> that's a, no, that sounds awesome, man. No. Yeah, I think it's genuine. Like, because writing is such a like gross, lonely thing that you need to sort of start to find ways to sort of find external motivation. So I like to, if I'm writing shorts and stuff, try to find a festival maybe that you're like, I'm writing the short for this festival, so that you have this like deadline that cannot be missed. Even like pay for the entry fee already. Um, Mm. that's when I've done the most writing is when like one year we were just like, we're doing this festival. Then we're doing this festival. Then we're doing this festival. Um, but for like hired um, writing, it's usually the client gives you a deadline and then the producer will tell you the deadlines a week earlier because <laughs> they know you're going <laughs> to miss it. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Similar so, yeah. to what an AD does on for a director. Yeah. They just, everyone just lies to the creative people. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, nothing would ever get made. <laughs> no, never. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think also one thing that we often forget um, when we're working on personal projects is that we have a lot of writer friends, and I don't think we really use them to um, the fullest of the of the advantage they can give us. Um, and it can be something as simple as, "Hey, please remind me to send you a script in a week's time." Um, there's a lot of Actually, there's a lot you can get done with just a little bit of social pressure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Like we um uh for this feature that we we wrote, we were like, okay, lockdown is 21 days. In 21 days, the first draft needs to be done. And it worked. Like we we finished I mean there were days that we didn't write, but we were like, okay, uh we wrote like f- 10 pages today, so we need to write a minimum 5 so we can take a couple of days off blah blah blah. And um And I mean yeah, we that, did have like, that we did have those sort of 20 or so pages of the short True. already there. True. So we weren't exactly starting off with like the most terrifying. You're a liar, Yaku. You're a liar. No, no. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> no, 
know, but I mean, um, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that having a deadline is, is nice for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, deadlines, deadlines, are deadlines, they really are. And then we read the draft and we were like, what is going on? <laughs> but it was done. That it was, was done. important. True, true. You had a but skeleton, the, yeah, the yeah. concept, you know what I mean? Do you ever do you ever go, do you guys ever write um, a script and then uh, in your mind everything makes sense and then when you reread it and you're like wait I that that needs to move yeah. and then when you yeah. move that one thing that other thing doesn't work anymore because the that Jenga thing doesn't tower, work the, anymore the yeah Jenga tower that falls when you move one brick I yeah. can't does that happen to you guys and then if it does what do you do to fix it rebuild the Jenga block I guess do you see you just start from scratch. Not from scratch, but like for me, like that, that's been happening this whole week. Right? I, I took out whole scenes or whole characters and then it just causes everything else to then change and you just have to then just work with it and just go through everything. And then sometimes things just change for the better or you, know, you just have to work through it, I guess. For me, yeah. it's, it's I, go, I have to go back to the theme. I think that's like all the controlling idea. You know what I mean? Like the moment you change anything, no matter what you change, if you go back to you know, the core of what you're trying to say, what the idea is and, um, and the characters as well, especially your hero, somehow you'll be able to fit things back into place or, or rework it better. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So I always look back at my theme and what my initial idea was or what the core concept is, my moral argument as well. Um, I think they're all sort of linked together and, um, if all else fails, everything comes out of your lead, your your hero. You know, like um, that's something that I learned after film school that I didn't. Maybe I wasn't paying attention or something. But um, everything comes out of your your hero's journey. You know, what he's going through. Even the other characters. It's sort of like a web that's linked to him or her, and that's always like my guiding light. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned character and theme and it just um, made me think of whenever I hear writers talk and everyone asks them, uh, where did the idea come from? And then they say, oh, I think I, I start with a theme or, oh, I start with a character or, oh, I start with like one line of dialogue. Where do you guys start from? Do you start from the theme, the concept? Is it a character? Is it Does it change every everything you write or I think for for me like it's always just like that one idea like it's not really a theme it's just like oh I think that would be cool if this character was like in this kind of situation or if this person was doing this like for me it's just that one idea like it just has like sparks my interest and then when I start writing it and start like looking at different aspects then I think that's just like pulls on to it but you are know, like I don't necessarily look at themes like I've done it before like for after because I'd be like Okay, I know this would be a theme people connect with and stuff, but for me personally, what I enjoy writing is like an idea that interests me and stuff like that. Not necessarily a theme, just like a person like sitting in a place or or a situation, something like that. So it's not like ever like just one thing, like a theme or a character. It's just like an idea that sparks in my head. Yeah, I'm sort of similar. It's when I'm like getting irritated with an idea. It's like I'm trying to write other stuff, and then I just keep coming back to an idea, or it's like something I want to explore, but like it's taking almost all of my focus. It's taking over my life to the point where I'm like, until I vomit this onto a piece of paper, I'm not going to be able to move on with my life. 
Cool. And um, I mean, this is kind of a silly question, but I, I guess people always want to know. Um, I've got an opinion on it, but I want to hear your guys. Uh, is there a, such a thing as like the best screenwriting software or do you have a preference? Or... <laughs> Highland 2 period. <laughs> Highland 2. Yes, the... no one can convince me that Highland 2 is not the best screwing program. The John August one, right? Yes, it's amazing, it's incredible, it's if you have perfection. A <laughs> of course. <laughs> who doesn't Why have wouldn't a, you like, have a Mac? <laughs> of all of us here, who doesn't have a Mac? It's mine. I don't, I don't have a Mac. Oh, is it just me? <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> you, could, you could very well be the smartest guy in the room, so... <laughs> But it doesn't sound like a writer if I don't have a Mac. guy in the Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've tried out all of them. <laughs> and sincerely, I think Highland 2 is impeccable. It's not cluttered. I feel like that's a big problem with a lot of the screenwriting apps. They, you open them up and they look like, you know, an NLE. You know, it looks like you're about to, like, edit a feature <laughs> film on them. There's so many buttons and stuff and it's, like, unnecessary. Mm. You do not need half of these things. Like, like most of them are edge cases to begin with. Um, it's very clean. It also speeds up the writing process. It uses a format called Fountain, which is kind of like um, an adjusted version of Markdown, um, which just makes means you have to remove your hands less from the keyboard to do things like shove text into like um, dialogue blocks and stuff. It does a lot of those things for you because it just understands that if you're writing a name in all caps, the next line will probably be dialogue. And if it's in parentheses, it's a parenthetical, duh. Um, so it just, it does all these things very intuitively. So it means you get to worry less about formatting and pressing tab to shift your text over. Um, and you get to just focus on the writing aspect. Also, the best feature about it is it has this thing called typewriter mode. And it sounds dumb, but basically all it does is it keeps whatever you're writing dead center. So it moves all the other text up con consistently so your eye doesn't oh, have to cool. track around. You don't oh, have to scroll wow. up and down. Yes, it's perfection. John That's August, awesome. man. He knows. He knows. so good. It's so good. I'm secretly awesome. taking so many notes here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, what do you what do you use, Kaylin and Nadia? Uh, well, I just use the same thing I've been using. I'm a draft man. Like, I, I've tried like maybe two others, but like... Um, I don't really I mean, have a preference. I feel, I, like just... if you, <laughs> I feel like if you paid for Final Draft, you're like, I paid so much for this. I'm going to keep using it. No, it's because like, I've only used like trash ones. I'm not going to say the names because I don't want to you know, <laughs> say anything <laughs> bad. But like, um, yeah, for me, Final Draft, like, I just feel so screenwriter. You know? <laughs> I look at it and it's like, what do you want your title page to be? Like, I don't know. I just feel like it just gives me that kind of like writer's feeling. Like, um, it's not the best in terms of shortcuts and all of that and like flow and all that, but I just like the look of it. And I don't know, it's just the thing I've been using. So it's like if your car is like making a noise, but you still love it, you still use it, you know? Um, lately, I've been using Fade In, which, mm. you know, there's a really cool collaborative tool, which. I mean, if I had a co-writer, that would be cool, but I don't, so it doesn't really serve me. It's the only reason why I sometimes <laughs> use write to do it, because if mm. I need to like co-write or if I need to we need to like share scripts that can be editable, it's like it's there, it's on the cloud, does the thing. Yeah. It's a cluttered yeah. mess with that is laggy sometimes and chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we, um, we've been using this program called Arc, Arc Studio Pro. And why does that sound why, familiar? Because uh, it was no film school saying, here's free screenwriting software. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they made it free. They made it free for lockdown or quarantine, basically. So uh, we've been using that and it's, yo. The only reason why we started using it is because we were using Writer Solo and then we just switched over it, over to it to like check it out because it had all of these collaborative sort of features like you can be writing on the same page um, in real time in real like time, it's it's like so pick. cool like i mean especially now in lockdown it's been helping us a lot because mark can be typing in <laughs> so it's basically still the same as me sitting on the couch but <laughs> mark's typing i see exactly what he's typing <laughs> as he's typing couch. it <laughs> yeah literally but like as he's typing the letters and the words and everything just like come on my screen so it's like um and then i can go and change things that he's written or other way around and um it has this like really cool outlining thing where it like you write a card and then it like puts everything on a timeline and you can move it around and there's a scene thing and if you want to move a scene you just click on the thing you drag it and then the whole scene moves like everything under that scene heading oh that's cool mm. yeah i know it's Final very, Dance very also cool. has the cards thing which is actually really nice for outlining and you can also hold them onto a timeline if you want to i do like the way that final draft has the whole timeline set out here yeah. at the top it does mm. kind of work nicely with my brain yeah it is it's a good it's a good program but i think it does suffer from a lot of things that i told you it does in terms of sometimes it is laggy sometimes it just gets confused with two people working on it at the same time and then like in our outline we've got a beat that we can't remove and if we delete it the program crashes oh my god <laughs> it's just so, a random untitled beat that sounds amazing i'm gonna download that straight away no it's very it's Ringing very good endorsement yeah <laughs> it's very it's very good it's very good piece we keep of software. it real um it's a very good piece of software but i think it just suffers from i don't know all programs that have the ability for two people to be working on them at the same time to, to sometimes they get confused. Um, okay, so I want to ask, um, let's go to, to a sort of a more, I don't know, fun type thing. You know, like people say, I have a favorite director or I have a favorite cinematographer. Like, I don't have a favorite writer. I, Because, <laughs> I mean, usually you don't know the writer's names necessarily. Um, do you guys have a favorite writer? Or if you don't, what is sort of the fav the best um, film or screenplay that you've read or something like that? What inspires you as a writer? What other writer uh, or movie inspires you as a writer? I love all my, I got like, like three favorite writers, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny because like most of the time, like your favorite writer isn't like the person who made your favorite movie. You just like the way they write and stuff. Uh, so for me, Taika Waititi, uh, definitely. And then, um, uh, David is well as well. Like, I just like how he writes, but not necessarily like his movies. Like I love like his older stuff, like Blade and all of that. But like, I really like how he writes action and stuff like that. So yeah, cause I'm like an action guy. I like enjoy his style of writing and then just the uniqueness of Taika Waititi's like stories. I enjoy. Yeah. I think that's cool. Like you can, I found that I also learned different things from different writers. So like, I wouldn't just say that I have one. Except at the moment, like Phoebe Waller-Bridge is my god, but um, <laughs> she's just amazing and her scripts are incredible. But um, 
I think I'm the same. Like I'll I'll read a script and then I'll like pick up something that that specific writer does, or. And Christian also is one of my favorite writers as all those scripts, man. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, you you really <laughs> like. Sorry, it's in fan club. Yeah, I have a confession. Like for real, like I remember when we were in like third year, and they put on Christian script, and I was reading through it, and I was like, I like, okay, I'm changing my entire writing style because <laughs> <laughs> these things are so beady and so like, no, they're good, they're good, man. No, I break a lot of rules. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. Like formatting, how? Like how important is it? Is there when can you break the rules? When can't you? What's the what's the dealio? Yeah, I was just about to ask, have you guys read Nightcrawler? Oh yeah, that, yeah. That script does a very long time ago. The whole breaking of formatting rules so well and it's, it's just like wasn't it like really long like mind there's like no slug lines really. no there is there aren't and, and sort of there's like bold yeah. letters every now and then and like different fonts it's amazing it's just crazy mm. but it's so you, awesome to read yeah when you and watch the awesome movie film. it's like that's what it feels like <laughs> it's weird yeah. how the, the, it translated was the writer and the director the same person was it yeah yeah I don't think you can do it if it's not because I think he, and if he he must have, must have hand that, handed that script over a producer or someone has to break down the script and they've been like, what, what must I do with this? <laughs> <laughs> but that I love that script so much and like well that movie in general, just like the fact that that like uh, writer said he never set out to make a character arc or anything he wanted the characters to arc around this one person. I was like, that's such a cool way of looking at that and like. It's so funny because yeah. like, I always feel like I have to make my character have a change or something. And he's like, nope, my character was Titanic and the audience was like, like all these other smaller icebergs were breaking around him and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting. But that's also a really great example of um, how, you know, the, the director's vision and the formatting, well, the formatting is used to portray what the vision is for the story because that yeah. it's just like when you see that script you don't even have to read it and you just know what it's going to look like you know mm. you just you can see it already it's amazing yeah oftentimes when i'm struggling to figure out how to format something i'll just hunt out a, a, a script for a movie that i know has a scene that has a similar beat just so I can see some examples of like, how do you like, when I first wrote my, when I wrote my first jump scare, even like, I was like, Oh, how do you, how do you write a jump scare? And that's kind of how I've learned how to write scripts. It's just like, I need to, this is a nugget of information I need. And now I'm on the hunt. And so I've like got my little folder of, you know, TV treatments and T pilot scripts and feature scripts. And I'll just go through those whenever I need something um, or whenever I get stuck, you know, because there's a lot in horror, especially I feel like there's a lot of weird format things that you won't get in conventional stories. Um, like even like when I, I wrote like a um, found footage feature a while ago and I was just like, oh, how do you do this? How do you do this without referencing the camera every two seconds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but that is true. I do that as well. Um, yeah. Where, where you like find that type of scene or find different yeah. examples mm. or like sort a movie like, that same genre yeah um, it's it's sort of like our version of of research mm. like you know referencing i guess yeah. 
So to answer Mark's question, when do you break the rules? I mean, no one really cares, to be honest. It's like, especially in South Africa, the industry is so small. Like, you can get away with a lot more here. You're not, your script is not going on a pile with 200 other scripts and some intern has to read it and then hand over the 10 that they think is good mm. to a producer here. You know, I mean, there's only so many scripts that come in. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think we have a little bit more leeway here. Uh, but it doesn't mean go and take advantage of it. I mean, not everyone can write Nightcrawler and make it work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think choose the hills you're willing to die on. Yeah. Like, I have I have, I have, have dug my heels into unformables and I will die for them because <laughs> I think they're important. Yeah. Um, but not everyone will see sort of the use in them. Um, like, I was just reading um, Peaky Blinders as pilot and they also use quite a few unformables and it's pretty interesting how much an unfilmable line can, how much information and context that one line can give you and the actor right. and the director. And some people say it's you directing the, the actors. Yeah, it like adds so much yeah. to the tone of what you're reading. Yeah. It's so weird though, like you say, like in South Africa, it doesn't really matter because, okay, I'm not going to say anyone's name or what the movie was, but one of the first features like I worked on, not like as a writer or anything, just as like, and AD, it was a South African actor that was making a movie. And because his name was so well known, he didn't obviously use any kind of software. He wrote it on Word and he wrote it like, like it was like a novel. It was like the most furiating thing for me because like it, it didn't read it like a script at all or anything, but he got so much funding and stuff of it just because of his name. And I think like it's in South Africa, a lot of people don't really care about how it's written and stuff. But I think for us, it's just good discipline to just find your own style. Yeah, I think also um, being in, you know, working in commercials for me is that I get to see a lot of um, completely different side to writing and a completely different um, sub industry, I guess. And that kind of broke my notion of, because, you know, after film school, you're like, this, these are the rules and this is how it's supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. you know, you put yourself in that box and, working in commercials and seeing how people write to mark like in a marketable way um really broke my notion of you know being in that box and and you just see different writers throwing in different styles and you know formatting in different ways it's really cool to see that so i mean i don't think it really matters i i think you know whatever style works for you as long as it's comprehensible and as long as it can be a guide for actually making the movie or, or the, the content, then mm. I guess it's cool. I mean, you get people who, especially in like the indie world or um, with like more frugally made um, content, um, you get more like scriptures and not really scripts or screenplays or, you know, it's sort of like a blueprint, but it's, kind of like do what you want with it you know Mm. to what degree is a script a blueprint because I always always hear different writers say that and always have a different relationship to it and everyone just says oh you're writing something that's going to be that's going to be shot it has to be um and that's sort of where that previous question came from but I always find like if the script is never going to be shot I also just want to write something that's like good to read, <laughs> you know what I mean? As a as a thing, like if it if this thing doesn't have a life as a film, I still want to 
have a, a nice thing to read like because a lot of, a lot of times the films don't get made and then it's like this dead thing and it's like oh i wrote a blueprint for a film that never got made you know whereas i wrote like a script something like a story like something to read yeah it's something that you can still appreciate even if it didn't get made i think it kind of depends on the writer eh? because i feel like if you wanted to become a movie then in the way you write it will feel like that because i was watching this thing of these writers actually talking me like where they wrote a film and they're like they don't care if the director ruins it or not because they just love the script but i feel like it's different when you're going to direct it yourself then you kind of write it more with a kind mm. of blueprint kind of thing so i think it depends what your intentions are and like what your relationship is to that story i guess Mm. And I'm convinced if you can kill a good script, like, I mean, kill in a good way, um, if you can kill it in terms of the writing, you know, that's why films like Nightcrawler got made. It's not because, ooh, the script stood out because it's got weird formatting. It stood out because it was a good story. And it had weird formatting. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> a secondary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where, you know, I mean, when, when we say it's a blueprint, it's sort of like, you know, it's just so that, you know, can be produced or somebody can take it and make something of it because, I mean, adaptations are blueprints of an initial blueprint, which was like a novel or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think that, I think the prosaic part of it comes in with like um, more experience and and sort of finding that balance of, you know, the technical aspects and the prose and combining mm. them together. In this country, in this industry, right? Um, how often um, do you meet or do you know people who are just writers, who are not also producers or directors? Or Is that a thing <laughs> that in South Africa you can, I want to be a writer one day, I don't want to direct, I just want to sell scripts. Uh, how feasible is that? in this country, do you, would you say? It's, like, the thing is, they might not be writer-directors, but they'll be, like, writer-actors, or they'll be writer-blanks. There's always sort of a second thing people do. Um, that's sort of what I've found. Um, like, I know, like, maybe two people who only write. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to um, sort of survive on just writing. Um, mm. Which is weird because I've been told a few times by producers that it's such a rare skill in our country and that people want writers, but um, <laughs> you never get paid jobs. Like yeah. it's hard mm. to get paid yeah. or consistently paid jobs for writing. So, Would you say maybe that has something to do with like um, the sort of low budget nature of just our industry in general and like they would rather get somebody who can do more than one thing than just by yeah, I think that's the that's I think that's the thing. Right? Like it's I think our industry is you have to be like someone that can do multiple things. So like just as like well, because I don't know someone that's just a writer. So for me, I feel like it's in those periods when you can't just get money off writing. You have to have those other skills that you can work at in the industry. So it's not really because you like those things, but it's out of more necessity from what I feel. Yeah, like 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 full disclosure the person i like the people i know as writers they're working for like soapies like they're like writing daily stuff you know it's like mm, okay constant content like i think it's also like our feature budgets just aren't big enough to pay the way Amer like you can't live a year off of a feature you know mm. that's not the kind of paychecks yeah. we can expect yeah. yeah 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think for everybody who's not in South Africa, like it's easy to just say, yeah, we've got you know five million rand budgets on on uh, average, but then when you convert that that to dollars, it's like what two and a half? Uh, no, two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, it's um, a dollars. low budget American. Music. Yeah, and then people in in America are like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this low budget short fall. Like it's you put it off, it's like, gonna oh have five hundred thousand dollars. You'd get headlines in America for filming on a South African budget, you know. <laughs> for real, for real. We we were so, so we well trained. If we went that side, like we'd kill it. Like we'd kill it. So well. Yo, we'd save so, so much, much money. money. We'd say we'd be a producer's dream that side. Obviously. Everyone would get paid so much. <laughs> yeah. God, wrote this single relocate. location feature. <laughs> you know, honestly, like the money this side, like. The money for a future year, the catering in America, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But it's because, you know, they have, they have agents, they have girls, they have managers. And it's just, it's, we just they don't have, money. have much of that. Yeah, they have money. <laughs> we just don't have yeah. much of this here. We have the Writers Guild, which will send you, you know, the, your little weekly digest of new writing opportunities. But you're not getting, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's different. Like in the US, you need to like earn your way into the guilds you know you need you mm -hmm. get little tickets into like you need to have your imdb credits you need to be accepted in here you pay your way and if that's yeah. yeah and then they're like you're prestigious you now you're prestigious oh, God. <laughs> you pay 800 rand to, to put like wgsa um next to your name in the exactly. credit do you do you exactly. do that do you put do you use the the writers guild and oh, as a credit no. like like i subscribed to it one year just to see what it's all about and yeah. it was such a it's just it's 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 so pointless here because a it's so expensive to make a movie made so the chances of someone stealing your idea and making it <laughs> is very unlikely <laughs> and so copywriting things it's like it's such a moot idea and then the sort of the second thing is they do give you these job opportunities but it's so like i feel like it's weird ones it's always a little bit sketchy it's always some lady in Krasilina Tal that owns an apple orchard that's like, I want to find a film, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> but um, on, on that copyright thing, I feel like sometimes though there is uh, that little theft every year now and there because I was part of a project uh, where we were writing also like a series kind of thing and then when we pitched it to this committee, it kind of got stolen and got sent out and then they didn't really do anything besides saying like criminal media and stuff like that. But it's so like, like, even if you do copyright it, it's still, like, sometimes a scam with some of these guys and stuff, so I don't know. Yeah, and, like, most channels here also just don't do open submissions. They you need true. to have access no to to submit. You need to yeah. sit down in a meeting. So the chance of you sending something to some pro some producer or some TV exec and then it getting made is just so slim. We... There's, there's such an overabundance of content that's already actually, you know, doesn't, won't have a lawsuit attached that, like, why take the risk on hmm. on, on some newcomer? I think people are so so scared of this idea that they, like, end up not sending their scripts to their friends or colleagues to get feedback. Yeah. And then there's just yeah. these draw scripts that die. It's really sad. Like, I feel like for a writer, it, like, if you don't know someone or... Or, or something because like you need to have that like, oh I heard of this pitch that SBC needs this or this and then like like but how did you hear this oh no I know someone someone this and I think it's really hard for like a good script to get out there because I once had uh, someone tell me that it doesn't matter how good your script is like someone high in the industry and they said it's about who you know not how good your content you know I was like wow that's something heavy to actually say. Yeah.
It's actually very true, though. Yeah. In in most departments, actually, not just writing. Yeah. It's kind of a, a theme in our industry. But I feel like, you know, the one thing that I've learned is that if you put in the work and you sort of keep keep on keeping on kind of a thing, um, you sort of develop a relationship and you get to network and then you do get to that stage where you're like, it is about the people you know, but it's also about the work you put out. Yeah, the networking mm. thing is very important. Yeah, it's like every chance you get is a chance to make a new friend and it might not be an opportunity down the road, but making sort of friends and expanding your writer's circle um, or your creative circle is so valuable. You never know when um, you need X like, like quality on a production and then you can just call up like 10 people. And that's also like just a valuable skill to have, to have this sort of expansive network of people that have like good skills that they can offer. That just reminded me of something. Um, I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys. <laughs> I don't know if it's a common thing, but like there are, there are people out there who aren't actually like, who don't know much about film or who aren't actually filmmakers, but they're just like, what? Oh, I, no, 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 no. But no, I mean like trying to make films or like, you know, recruit mm. crew members or writers. Mm. And they're sort of like, I want to say venture capitalists, who are like, they've kind of got their fingers in like mini pies and filmmaking is one of them. And they're, they're business people and they can organize the money for you, you know what I mean, to make a film. Um, but it reminds me of an experience I had recently where a guy contacted me to um, do an adapt adaptation of um, someone's novel that was still being written, which was really weird. But we were talking about it and, you know, he was like, well, well, you know, what are your expectations? And I kind of candidly said, oh, well, writing credit, credits, you know, obviously. And he was like, no, you don't get a writing credit for an adaptation. What? So, uh, yeah. So, yeah so, no, and I was like okay, that, that shows me that you didn't, you don't really know much about the industry uh, you're trying to pull mm, yourself okay, into. Yeah. But it, I kind of wonder, like, have you guys ever experienced stuff like that where it's just like a person who is like, oh, filmmaking could be a cool thing and then, you know, tries to contact you for work or, or have you not experienced the, the shadiness of some people? Yeah, all the, all the time. All the time. <laughs> Even just with like, you know, on the, like the base level with like, clients, <laughs> like, you know, when you're doing commercial work, it's like all the time. They have no concept of, uh, of what it takes to put out uh, any sort of content. So when you're like, I'm putting you for this thing, they're like, mm -hmm. but why? And you're like, because you want a good quality product <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. So, so with networking, like going back to the networking thing, my whole point was that, you know, network, but don't be so hungry for networking that you um, don't follow your instincts, I guess. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if there's a red flag, probably, like, listen to that little <laughs> sound in your head being like, oh, you know. And, like, with a case like Nadia's thing, it's, like, that's where someone like an agent would be so valuable because it's this middleman that will see straight through someone's bullshit and be like, my client is writing, therefore... 
They're entitled to a writing credit. I know, shock, gas. <laughs> I'm just saying there's like in every awards, like, you know, category. Best category adapted screenplay. <laughs> screenplay, yeah. I'm just like, have you never watched an adapted film? Like, yeah. oh, it's so annoying, but yeah. Christian, you were mentioning an agent. Do you have an agent? And um, uh, do you know how to get an agent? <laughs> I've done some research. I found like one company representing writers in Joburg and I think they've like potentially reached capacity. I can't speak, reached capacity. Um, okay. So yeah, no, I'm completely just going um, solo, you know, generating my own little contracts when needed, making sure everything gets signed, um, ensuring compensation. But yeah, no, I don't, I'm unrepresented at the moment. <laughs> but if so any agents like... happen to be watching... <laughs> well, I, I think I'm just check out his form Larkins. It's on the ST. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, I discussed with Christian a while back that I like actually wanted to start doing that more, like creating more agencies. And like I'm also like, on the beginning stages of trying to open up like a company that can represent some directors and writers. So because I feel like there needs to be more representation for writers, especially. And um, yeah, I think that's just one thing that's that's needed like in the industry, because when I was like interning at like a couple of companies overseas and stuff, like everybody, like all the writers, no matter how small they would have an agent or something. And like, it's just to know that someone has your back in terms of all those legal things and is like actively searching for jobs for you while you're doing like your job, you know? So yeah, like I think, cause that's what I'm trying to do now. It's just trying to get one of those started, another one of those started in the industry. Well, working with actors, like that's that's why I want an agent. It's because like it's, I mean it's awful, but like from their side, I'm like it's so nice to have someone fight for your rate. You know, it's you don't have to be like I am worth this. Please trust me. This is someone going. I'm sorry, my client works for this rate. If you want this, is, uh, and they want Doritos in their room. That's what they need. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's really like money is always awkward, especially with writing, which is this weird esoteric artsy bullshit and having to like defend it is also awkward and then having to go well pay me money for it is like it's just this like sandwich of awkwardness that you have to like eat every time you get hired um so <laughs> yeah just having someone that will like fight for that is, would be very val valuable oh i also just wanted to say that my um my camera died so i apologize for that maybe let's end off with if i wanted to start screenwriting where would i do so how would i do so how do i start being a screenwriter in Southern Africa. I mean, it's sort of, I mean, it's read a script, write a script. That's kind of the, the, the cycle, you know? And it's all you really can do. Cool, we'll see you later. No, <laughs> no um, I mean, look. No, but it's true. To get I think maybe, mm, go ahead. maybe, sorry, um, mm. production companies, um, especially in South Africa, we have, you know, writer's rooms where you know, people can work within a production company, but then mm -hmm. it's kind of like you have to write a specific type of script, which is usually television. I guess that's a great place to learn, as, especially because you have more experienced writers who will be in the same room as you or who you can ask questions and, and mm -hmm. they can guide you, you know. So I think that's one place I would look toward if I wanted to write mm -hmm. um, and make money. Another thing is it also depends on what you want to write. 
if you are the yeah. type of person who doesn't want to go into television and you just want to like write features or short films, then maybe Talk. doing it independently is like, you know, you're not going to get paid. You're not going to eat, yeah. but you can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also commercial writing, which is in another field, another realm of existence as well. Yeah. And I think also just for like beginners, like people that just want to like, start with their first screenplay but like I think just keep reading the grades of your like favorite screenplay like just keep reading screenplays I think is a good place to start just so that you know like I know so many people that's written scripts that's never read a script like never read a screenplay and then it's just like but I don't know what's going on here like I think before you ever get started with your first one just read the grades and read the people you admire and then I think it can mm. give you a good gauge as to where you can start yeah you can't like write a novel if you've never read a novel before hey you'll be surprised man. <laughs> i think if i had to give advice to any sort of young screenwriters out there is have two like maybe three folders on your computer one with like scripts you want to read one with unfinished scripts and one with finished scripts and make sure your finished scripts are more than your unfinished scripts because you never know when someone's going to be like hey do you have a feature script um on hand because that happens yeah. all the time and you never have a feature script when they ask this. And you want to be able to just have scripts that even if they're like like not your best scripts, just have something on hand that you can be like, hey, you're sure here, um, see uh, attached, you know? You want to mm -hmm. have finished work. Um, it's also nice to have some short films done, maybe into some festivals. There's tons, not just locally, internationally. Um, I think if you just go into Film Free Reddit, you can just like look up all the screenwriting comp like comps in the world like there's literally hundreds of thousands and mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity to get your name out there get some awards get some articles written about you actually get like some reputation as a screenwriter um before you sort of start like throwing around your name as a screenwriter you know um so what well, christian awesome. did basically <laughs> <laughs> just follow christian no, well, so story you'll <laughs> be good no, that's amazing thank you so much that's really good um advice Definitely. I mean, I think I picked up just in that, that last like 10 seconds. I think I <laughs> picked up a lot. Um, so yeah, guys, let, I think let's end it there. So thank you so much, um, Christian, Nadia and Kaylin for joining us in this special pandemic episode of Department Spotlight uh, talking about writing. Um, so take care, guys. Stay safe. And yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Cool. So that comes to the end of our conversation. We'd like to extend thanks to Christian, Nadia and Caitlin for all of their fantastic insights. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, if you would like to see the video versions of these talks or any of our other talks, you can head on over to youtube.com slash looped pictures uh, to check us out. We upload new videos every Tuesday and Friday, as well as a new short form on the first Friday of every month. So subscribe and hit that bell so you never miss any of our content and check out all our other Department Spotlight videos. Uh, check out the films that we make. So until next time, stay inside and make, make your, your movie. movie.